Hello and welcome to the Dime Alive podcast. I'm your host, Aloise Surfleet Middleton. Each week I show you how to build a life in alignment with your soul. I interview top thought leaders changing the world with their work. And I also show you how you can build a life in alignment with your soul, do your dharma, be happier, healthier, live longer and have a deep sense of unshakable inner peace. So without further ado, let's dive into the next podcast. Welcome to share inspirational life stories that empower you to create yours. And today I have with me a very inspirational woman. We have had a fantastic conversation already, and I know that this woman is going to impart so much wisdom and knowledge to you. Her name is Gita Sidhu Roll, and she is CEO and founder of Nosh Detox. And I'm going to ask her to share lots more about what Nosh Detox is. But Gita, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. No, my pleasure. I love to interview women such as yourself. <laughs> I class myself in that, obviously. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but would you mind explaining to the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do in the world? Um, so I, um, I'm the CEO and founder of Nosh Detox. And Nosh, which stands for Natural, Organic, Safe and Healthy, was the first home delivery um, of food business that was set up in this country in 2008. Okay. And we bought juice. We've sort of changed the health, the face of the health industry in this in this country in the United Kingdom. We brought um, juice fasting into being um, mid mid to late two thousand and eight. We took uh, we delivered the first ones. We took cold pressed juices to the market, the first ever in two thousand and twelve. Uh, it went into Whole Foods, and then in two thousand and thirteen, we created and brought in um, retail IV drips. Retail so, IV drips, wow. As in getting IV buy it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, as opposed to having to go to a doctor to get them, yeah. which is what you had to do before. And so that's we've done all of that stuff. So it's been actually, those are products. What we really do is people come in the door, um, people like you, like me, high-performing, primarily women, but high-performing individuals come in the door and just go, you know, I'm really successful and I'm tired, I'm busy, I'm overwhelmed, and I just don't have anyone looking after me. I look mm. after everyone else. I make mm. this enormous amounts of money. I run all these things. I support everyone. And we look after them. So they kind of give us their diaries and, you know, what they need to be up for. And we say, right, do a cleanse here. Do, do get the food here. Be alkaline here. Get a drip here. Here's when you should get a blood test. And we do, and it's, we get some fabulous requests. We had some of the St. Trinian's crew came in going, we need to be naked in six weeks. <laughs> How, you know, and so getting them to a place where they felt safe in their shapes to be naked. And so, yeah. and, and the coaching that comes with that, which is wonderful. Um, so you have a because, coaching arm as well? We do because gut healing um, is is really only you can really only heal the gut through coaching. You can't do it any other way. There are the odd medicines that you can have, but it's the emotional thing that comes behind gut issues that you've really got to work with. So we do coaching, which I absolutely love. That's my favourite thing to do. Mm. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of my day job. And I would love to know 
how that kind of well you said it's your day job so that implies to me that there's a lot more to you than just nosh what did you mean by that (laughs) (laughs) i mean well i mean at the moment because we've got the general elections coming up i have a political uh role as well uh i'm the vice chair of the largest political movement um in this country at the moment the people's vote campaign and that is a really steep learning by numbers literally millisecond by millisecond it's quite terrifying because it's such a responsibility but at the same time I absolutely love it and think really I was born to do this so it's kind of like a I'm very happy with it but it is it is what it is so it sounds like it's a lot of growth quite quickly it's massive amounts but then you know I think also I'm deeply spiritual and I believe none of this comes to us if we can't and wouldn't Mm. be doing it Mm. so I I sort of do my research and then think okay god universe here to be of service help me do that and then I show up because there's nothing else I can do and then it comes from there and so this was something I did in my 20s and then ran away from because I couldn't bear it and I needed to grow up I needed to let my kids grow up but it was always in the back of my mind and now it's back with a vengeance so I'm, I'm actually deeply happy about it and then I have many many children so that's kind of my how many life. is many I have five I think that's that quite a lot as many <laughs> That really counts as many. Um, and they're all really, they're so old, I lie about their ages, not mine. So they're kind of, <laughs> they go from 16 to 23. And so that's quite a lot of hand-holding in a different way. 16 to 23? So they're not all yours? Or they're not, you're not all birthed, all of them? I gave birth to three of them. Right. So, yeah. So I was going to say that was birth. really quick work if you did five between 16 well, and 23. Well, six, there's 16, 17, 19, 21, 23. Wow. Fabulous. And and you said you were deeply spiritual and that's something that really, really fascinates me. Um, can you, because one of the things we do on this podcast is we really empower and inspire people to step into that higher version of themselves. So I'd love to know your story, your journey around how you have gone through life and how you've tuned in. Like, where did the concept for NOSH come from? Because it's a beautiful idea for a business and obviously it's serving and helping others along the way. But I'd love to know a little bit more about your your spiritual journey. So there were two different things, really. My um, it, it came from, in, in, in a timeline, it came from my first child being very allergic to his vaccinations. And he developed eczema and asthma and, and became anaphylactic and had cardiorespiratory arrest, died, was resuscitated, spent a year in hospital. Mm. And I was so young and I just didn't know what to do. And so that was, I was going along here and I suddenly went there. Um, so that was life-changing in itself. And then I... And this was when I was in politics. And then I, I went, um, I stopped to go and look after him and to do, and then I got married again. And I had, I, I had broken up. Very few marriages survive enormous um, stress from illness and things. And the ones that do are stronger or, or, or you die. Mm. Um, and I had two more children. And then I was pregnant with my third child. And I had started I, uh, conversations with God fell yes. on my head mm. literally fell on my really? head in the library of my home in my deeply deeply unhappy marriage and this book just fell on literally as I walked past trying to pull someone wow. I was pregnant and I was kind of and it went like this and I thought huh and I tried to read it and I couldn't it was so boring I hated it and it fell on my head and I thought "Ooh!" so I started to read it and then I went through everything like a knife through um you know hot knife through butter 
And that's where it came from. And so over the next two years, it accelerated incredibly fast. My whole spiritual awakening just accelerated. I started to, oh, I don't know what to tell you. I went through a period of immense sort of psychic attack where I was having to develop resilience. I went and I went to the College of Psychic Studies Mm. and it was like, what is going on? They're like, you need to develop energetic resilience. I was like, thanks. You know, it was so difficult. I signed up for the healing course in, in the College of Psychic Studies and then that transformed another level. And I, then another year after that, and I, I remember reading a book um, in the second year of this, and there was a book that said, say, thy will be done. And I said, no, thy will, I'm not going to say that. I don't want your will to be done. I want my will to be done. And I don't trust this concept of thy will be done. I'm like, I want money to pay my school fees and feed my kids, and I want this, and I want this. And it was this this sense, I was like, how dare you bargain with God? And I was like, because it's my job to bargain, you know? And it was this thing. And I was massively resistant and then in another year's time, my, my marriage broke up. My children and I uh, walked out and the marriage broke up and we ended up homeless um, from this amazing sort of eight million pound house and our plane and our house in Monaco and everything. So we ended up um, homeless and, and it was really interesting. And now I look back and it was my dark night of the soul, actually. Right. And so there I was with three small children. I lost every single thing I had. I was my ex-husband bankrupted us. He took away every single thing and I had 200 pounds and three kids. And I would literally count them in in the morning and the night just to make sure I kept them. And I think that when you do so, I I just didn't even know what to do. I was so lucky I had the kids because I couldn't give up. And I remember then thinking, what do I do? And I found Esther and Jerry Hicks about that time because I was, I swore that this was never going to happen to me again. And if I, I could find a way to stop it, I would. So I used to wake up every morning and I had a journal and I would draw a line down the middle of the page and I would write things I have to do today, which was involving making money for food. Mm -hmm. Um, And on the left-hand side, I would write things for the universe to do for me because I didn't know how to do any of those things. I I didn't know how to get a job as a bankrupt corporate lawyer. I didn't know what, I had nowhere to live. We slept in one room in a friend's house. I, my family had turned their back and I had nothing. And you know, the universe um, did deliver. Um, I had two pairs of shoes and three dresses for six months. I just didn't have anything to wear. Incredible. And how, for people listening, like that's an incredible transformation to go from where you were there to now obviously what you're doing so what words of wisdom do you have to our listeners who are going through something similar and how did you elevate yourself back up again it was it's really I mean now when I look back I have different languaging for it now I look back and I was like I obviously stepped onto a path of service and what it did was it dismantled my objections and uh, this is unhelpful for people who are going through this right now but I will be more specific about it so I stepped into a path of service I accepted that that's what I was doing it took me a while to go like thy will be done that one didn't happen until about three years ago because I was like we're still not doing that on my will um but I I I stepped into a path of service and I and I had it really does help to be really kind and decent to people because people helped me and you know gave me work and gave me more work and somebody gave me a job and I had done a lot of work on TV and somebody said here's the thing and it would pay three thousand pounds and that was you know school fees for one term and then it was another you know my girlfriend let me sleep on her floor for six months that's really you and three kids that's honestly really asking a lot of anyone in real terms I woke up every morning 
and I thought I was meant to be here. I was born for a purpose. I don't know what it is, but I always had an inner voice that I that I had to believe in. That and I use that now for people that that have nothing and don't know what to do and don't know where to go. And for me, it was the fact that I was, you know, you have a unique fingerprint. Mm. And we were born to bring that fingerprint to earth. And without us having been born, I mean, it's not an accident that we have a unique fingerprint. And without us having been born, the world would not be able to do what it's trying to do. Because in the same way I bring my version of it in, you bring yours, and it matches somewhere and connects. And we all are born for that reason. So if I was born for a reason, then I, I think that, that helped me. The other thing was I'm really bloody minded. And I think... You will not win. <laughs> I think to me, no is the start of a conversation, not the end. I was very lucky that my ex-husband, bless him, actually said, if only you'd just stop being difficult and come back to me, you know, because he had this beautiful big house and, and all this money and I had nothing. Um... And I thought, sod off. I don't have to be married to you to make a living and, and to, to pay my bills. And that really helped. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Great so, motivator. Uh, fabulous motivator. And, and I grafted. I literally worked incredibly hard and looked after myself because then I realized that if I died <laughs> or I got sick, then he'd look after the kids and I didn't want him to. So I made myself very healthy. And then, that, then I realized I wasn't creating any kind of legacy. I was doing consulting work, which paid the bills. Sure. So I wanted to create something. So that's how I set up Notch. Mm, and, okay. um, I, and my son couldn't eat anything because he was allergic and still is allergic to dairy, gluten, fish, egg, nuts, and sesame. Wow, that's a hell of, so, a, hell of a list. It's a hell of a list. So I made food for people like him to eat, and I still do that in Nosh. We create really personalized nutrition. I'm such a believer in the signs and signals are there. You know, like you ended up solving a problem for your son, but in turn it gave you a business idea, which now the universe has you know, come through you and it's been very successful, but you were listening to the signs and signals and it was all there right in front of you. And but yeah, but I want to say, that's why I'm always really clear. That wasn't willingly in the beginning. I really did have to get my butt kicked um, in order to pay attention. Whereas now it's a hundred percent willingly. Now I'm like, okay, what are we doing there? That's where the politics has come back in. That's where, you know, it's all comes back at a speed of light and it's so interesting now to be alive in this time because everybody is saying it's going faster and faster and you know it is mm. but it's training to keep yourself grounded because the calmer and the more grounded you are you provide that shit that that safe space in the storm for everyone else mm. and and i see that as being partly my job you know so that's kind of what i think that that i'm here to do as well just be mm. calm in the middle of everything blowing up well also i love the way you talk about how it comes through you because i think we do have to sort of break our egos down and get to the point where we realize we're here for a reason actually and it's nothing to do with us it's about making the world a better place and the sooner we kind of accept that the easier things start to flow um but we do ha i think it's imperative that all of us go through that journey because it really kind of like you said grounds us it does. I mean, it, it, it's funny because I like I listen to people who say things. Uh, I was at a dinner and, and um, somebody said uh, she was standing up and talking. She goes, it's so important to be humble. And I started laughing because I was thinking it never occurs to me not to be humble. But it's also important to have a level. I have a level of self-confidence and self-awareness I didn't have. So 
my, my thing was always, I never wanted my spiritual journey to overcome my personality and who I was because I, I liked who I was. Mm. And so what I found that, and, and I just it used, to, it used to annoy me shitless that people who became spiritual and, and you know, re- realized and, and ascended would go sit up on a mountaintop in their show. It's a sod off. You can't do that. I have children. I have to do the school run. And actually only a man could do that, really, go and sit up on a mountaintop for a month because he's not going to look after his mother or his child. Or, you know what I mean? So, yeah, sure. Of course, I'm, not, I'm generalizing because there are men that, that don't do that. And so I think that the way spirituality for me is a very practical thing. It is part of how I serve, but it is 100% part of how I also live. And I'm never afraid that the practicality of spirituality should be used for me. You know, I will as comfortably say, how do I keep my children safe and pray to keep myself and, and to pray to keep the country safe, if that makes sense. To me, they're all the same thing. Absolutely. And I, and I love the fact that you're so open about it, because how, how do you approach this subject within politics? Because... For me, there needs to be more awakened politicians. Um, I don't, actually. I don't, I don't approach it. What I think is that, it's, I mean, I really struggled with the whole concept of being inspiring because, you know, nobody wakes up and thinks, I'm just going to go be inspiring today. You know, you just don't think that because you're normal and you think I'll just go feed the kids, fall over the cat and do whatever. So, th- but then I, I found a piece there where it's that if you can show up and just be a lighthouse that's much better than being in the spotlight. Mm. And so to me, that's the definition. I don't care. I, I spend a lot of time in the spotlight in terms of I'm on TV and I'm on radio and I do lots of things. But for me, I always think that my job is just to be a beacon of light. It's the being the lighthouse. That's how I see it. So I don't need to talk about spirituality in order to be that lighthouse. I just need to show up. And I think that, and I need to care and I need to love and I need to be compassionate. And as long as I am embodying that, then, then that is what it is. Isn't it? Mm. But I think, I suppose what I was acknowledging you for the fact that you're so open, because that to me, that authenticity is very attractive in, in anybody, you know, when you can be so open and vulnerable about who you are and what, what you believe. Yeah, but I would never stand on a political platform and say that is what I'm saying. I don't yes. think that, I, I honestly don't think that that is, is something that, I, um, as in, I've no, I noticed Marianne Williamson having that conversation and it really does not translate when she's been running for president. And you're watching and thinking, we, you and I are having this conversation and I have no shame in having the conversation, mm. but would I have this conversation when I did my interview on Sky News this morning? No. No, and I, I, think, I think you're right. I think there's certain platforms for certain places, but I like this, the fact that you're proud of it. You know, you're not trying to hide it either. You know, like Never, I said, it runs my life. Hmm. yeah oh absolutely and I love that and I and that's I think I was trying to acknowledge you thank for you. and yeah. I'm very grateful thank you and but I do also because this obviously let's come on you brought up Marianne Williamson like I agree if you think about the masses you have to talk to people where they're at and if you're talking to people about spirituality and things that don't necessarily land then you're losing quite a lot of the population um, yeah, I agree, and and, I, and 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 thank you. I apologize for not acknowledging that and being, and, and I am grateful. It's more that I I had already jumped in my head because I constantly think, how do you translate this into politics? So I was almost answering the question that's going on in my head as opposed to what you and I were talking about. But I do think that the way to come at it, and I spend a lot of time thinking about this because I want to go back into politics full time, mm. is that I think that you can talk about your values. 
Mm. And if you can talk about values, and Mm. we have such commonality in our values, our values are what unite us. And if we can do that, um, then there's hope. Yeah, I would totally agree. Absolutely talk about our values. And I think the other thing that I admire in you, which I think would be refreshing in a political sense, is you're not afraid to talk about your transformation in the sense of, you know, building your life back up from when you have these dark nights of the souls, but obviously in political term, you know, you've been a single mother who had no money, who looked after five children, you know, that's very empowering and inspiring for people listening. Um, well, I'm, I'm for more women in politics, <laughs> you know, I'm very yeah. pro that. I think the more that you can, I think that, that trying is a success in itself. You mm. don't have to get anywhere almost. You just have to show up. Um, and, and be there just to, to make a difference because you just, my children don't see women that look like me mm. um, in places like this, let alone, you know, there are some women, but there are very few that, that are, there's no diversity. Yes. We are run by an elite male. Absolutely. Um, Patriarchal society. Yeah. Yeah. And is there more women coming through? Are you seeing more women coming through in politics or is it still, it's still quite... I mean, it's really hard. The women all need to have panic buttons. They're trolled. They're attacked. I did a Sky interview about three months ago, and my feed was just "Go home, bitch." Um, you know, Same and thing. I just no, no, absolutely. And I just wow. thought, well, I'm just not going back on Twitter. So I leave Twitter, and everybody's like, "Well, you can't be political if you can't go on Twitter." And I'm like, being able to say something bitchy and clever to me is not a skill set. You know, and so if I don't want to do that, I'm just not going to do it right now. And so there may be a day where I wake up and I think, yay, Twitter. And then, but, but, you know, being trolled is a very real thing for women who are in the public eye. And the more Gina Miller, who has done so much work for us, has actually had to go off and get standing, rotating two sets of bodyguards at all times. Oh my God. Yeah, and I I shared a stage with her a few months ago, and she was just like, well, this is just the reality of my life. And I was just thinking, God. So I went to my children, and I said, look, I really want to go back, but the reality is you're going to be just trolled, and, you know, your your life is going to be combed through. So, you know, may I do that? Do you mind? And it was only when they agreed that that I said I would do it, because it's very hard. It's very hard. And also, let's be clear, how many times have I been stupid in the last whatever years I've been alive? Well, you're a human being. (laughs) I guarantee. And if you go through anyone's life, I don't think anyone. If somebody is perfect, then they're wrong. You know, they've either hidden it or they shouldn't be the people leading you because they've never made a mistake. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, well, I I am very... um, appreciative you for, for you of you doing what you're doing and because I, I do understand I didn't realize the extent of it I have to be honest about you know women and it's really quite and, bad yeah. yeah wow so talk to me about your vision you said that obviously this it seems like there's you've been very successful in a lot of different areas and you're now stepping back into politics but talk to me about your vision over the course of the next or three to five years what is it what is it the impact that you're looking to make um you know i I don't know it depends on what turns up um i'm like going with the flow and then absolutely something is going to turn up that i can guarantee because i went from having not been in politics for 20 years to entering it in January the 7th to being here in November. So it's been such a kid journey that I honestly don't know. My feeling is this, that 
nauseous, my goal is to grow nauseous as quickly as I possibly can over the next couple of years so that I have a revenue stream to support myself because politics is not known for paying incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kids still have to all go through school and I am a single parent. So, you know, um, there's that, that is, so that is something that we're focused on. And, um, I, I like, I love what I'm doing. Um, and, and I want to do more of that. Um, and so that's great. And I wrote a book last year and I, at some stage should publish that, you know, maybe next year when I get around to it. So I was going to say in my spare time. So that's that. <laughs> Uh, politics and, and what's the book sorry just before you carry I just, on I just wrote a book about what I believe and why I believe and how you should eat and the strength how to become powerful women ultimately sure. I don't actually have a name for it but that's really what it is and what I because I'm an incredibly powerful woman but I'm comfortable with that mm. I enjoy it I'm very feminine within it and I don't have an issue with being a powerful woman and I think if all of us stepped into our power as women the entire world would step into a different level of power absolutely you know, so that's, that's, that's really what the book's about and what I believe in. And then I'd like to go back into, go back, I'd like to move into politics again and take as much of a senior role as I possibly can and talk about, the, I, this is a mass feminization of politics and I love it, we collaborate. Yes, absolutely. You know, we're going out and in the People's Vote campaign, you've got a Liberal, a Green and an Independent Tory, um, you know, canvassing for a Labour politician. I mean, that's unbelievable. We've never done that in our worlds. We've never done that. And I'm so happy. I'm like, how can I help that to happen more? So I don't know. You know, I, I, I never really wake up and think how I can have impact. I think that comes under the heading of being inspiration. It's terrifying. But, and then I'll probably swear and then ruin it all or something because I, I swear like a, a sailor. But I do think I think that the space between you and me is opportunity and I would be very unhappy if I didn't use that to the maximum that I could use it. And that's what I would like to do. I don't know how that will come about. I think it will be in some kind of leadership position. I don't know what that looks like, but I would like to do it, whatever it is, I'm up for it. That's too wishy washy. No, I like it. Well, you're basically waiting for instructions. <laughs> I really am. I really, I just think you couldn't make this up, honestly. You just could not make this up. Therefore, I'm just going to chill and see what happens and something will happen. Yeah, and it's exciting now, I think. Like you said, I think we're going, this next decade is going to be fascinating, you know, and for people like yourself and, you know, like myself who are kind of, you know, open to being used, I think it will be even more incredible because instructions are coming hard and fast. (laughs) And it means that you have to be super careful with your rituals and your energy and your strength and your power and managing yourself. Those things are so important for us. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And how can our audience support you? Like, how can they find you? How can they support? Is there anything you would like support with? I would love, actually, I wanted, I just, I've never had a social media presence, weirdly, because I've never, it never occurred to me to have one. I said, I know that sounds deeply stupid, but it just has never occurred to me because I've just never, I've never looked for a platform, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, and what I'd like to do now is create more of a platform. So I would love people, please, it's Gita Sidhu Rob on every social media platform, except Twitter, which I'm still hiding from. Let's just be clear. And so please, um, you know, come join me, follow me, ask me questions, um, interact with me. I would absolutely love it because um, I just think that the more I get to interact with everybody, you know, the, the, the more the more it just becomes more fulfilling and more enjoyable. 
Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. And I say that as a raving introvert, actually, weirdly. So that's really? an you don't come across as an introvert. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, I am very, very. That's why I've, I've never really done social media. I mean, it's one right. thing to be like this or on a camera because sure. you're one of you. Yes. Um, so it's very different. Wow. Well, we'll have all of your details in the show notes. So thank uh, you. No problem. Anyone listening, go and find Eta. Go and follow her. Go. But thank yeah, you so much. I knew I was really looking forward to this conversation because when you know when we first spoke, just felt a real deep sense of connection with you, and so I was really excited to hear more about your life story and your life journey. So thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. No, not at all. We will see you next week with another amazing guest on Kitty Talks. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Dharma Life podcast. I do hope you enjoyed this episode. Please come over and say hello on my Instagram, our Facebook group. And also, please let me know what you thought. So if you are listening, please take a screenshot of the podcast that you are listening to. Tag me on Instagram and I will reshare your post. And please let me know what it is that you got out of today's episode. Remember, when we do our Dharma, we are happier, healthier, we live longer, and we have a deep sense of unshakable inner peace. Mm-hmm.